overture, dim the lights. This is it, the night of nights, and oh, what highs will hit. On with the show, this is it. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Internet dwellers, and welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library, the show where we watch Disney films and talk about it because fun reasons. I am je- that clapping man. Where's the entire audience? What happened to the 40 celebrities that we normally have here? There they are. They're all breathing heavily. The theater. Yes, they're all breathing heavily into their hands uh, to recreate the sound of an audience cheering. It's a really weird roundabout way of doing it, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. It's happening. I'm Jeff, one mm-hmm. of the two fantastic co-hosts that are here every week to talk about these fun Disney films. And the other one is over there doing all the sound effects. As I've said in the past, the <laughs> Michael Winslow of the podcast, TC DeWitt. Hello, TC. What? Wow. I, uh, I, <laughs> I, let's, uh, let's never speak of this again. <laughs> Mum is the word. The lips have been sealed. Zipper shut. <laughs> key thrown so <laughs> this how, how have you been doing dc i should ask that first i'm great jeff we're back we're back, back for another week one of these of weeks disney we won't conversation be back. <laughs> it's true i i do have a european trip coming up and so we may take a high like a, a week or two off or i will figure out a way to record from Europe, which will be a wonderful. We're already dealing with a time zone change in America. Now I'm a world away. Now it's a full six to eight hours away from from each other, which would be fantastic yeah. because that basically means that either I'll be recording at midnight and TC will be recording at like 8 a.m. <laughs> or TC will be recording at 2 in the morning. <laughs> like it's one of those two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. May and, not work. And so one well. of us will have, will have that like early morning voice or like, it's <coughs> it's probably going to be me because <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I have that voice up until the moment I hit record. So it's uh, until about three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. Jeff sounds like uh, like he's chewing on gravel. Yep, it's great. Um, most of the time, people have confused me with uh, uh, the guy who. Oh man, Harvey uh, Harvey Wein no Harvey Weinstein Harvey Fire Harvey Har- Yeah, Fire Scene. That, that's what people you know. David, everybody Michael, thinks that this is David. Me. David. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! Also, people think I'm crusty. <laughs> Apparently, I'm also crusty the clown. It could be one of those. That was a, that was a, that was a pretty good crusty. Oh, <laughs> uh, so with that, you know what? We we're talking about the wrong things about this. <laughs> well, you I don't know. know. What? That's that's how you. That's how you do an introduction, folks. Welcome you know, to the show. <laughs> yeah, the introductions you do are so in left field that we're back in right field again, and we're in the correct spot. That's how far away we are. <laughs> it's around around the Earth. So, we, the movie. We, <laughs> <laughs> the movie we watched. TC, what did we watch this week? Peter Pan. Mm. This movie. Mm-hmm. 19... 54 53 uh, what's the, 53 that's what I said come on yeah, yeah yeah I heard there was a there was a weird tone and it sounded like mm-hmm, the three was mm-hmm. a four but I completely get yes. that you said it was 1953 yep. Petro Pan- Pano <laughs> <laughs> for you foreign listeners right <laughs> I I don't I don't know uh, yeah, we watched Peter Pan, and um, I kind of just like uh, so. So I feel like everybody knows Peter Pan, right? Like Peter Pan, the story of Peter Pan is fairly well known at this point, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I find I think it'd be hard to find at least people older than adolescents who don't know the story of Peter Pan, and and this is certainly again following the the Disney the the standard. Like this is. The only other Peter Pan movie I even think of is Hook, yep. and we can we can discuss later whether or not Hook is better than the, Hook is better or not <laughs> than this one. But uh, I get the I, I get the feeling, and I, I couldn't really find any way to verify this um, in in some googling abouts. But I think Disney was Walt, Walt Disney himself was determined to be the standard of all classics: Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella, Snow White, Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this was the this was the second movie he wanted to make, but things developed as they did, and uh, I, I I wonder if 
he was determined to be the first thing anyone thinks of when you think of some of these insanely classic standards of of fairy tales and literature because Peter Pan was a pantomime play book radio drama movie 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 stage show musical movie this thing has been to and from every form of entertainment you could possibly imagine right right and and the and the the thing is is even with all of those versions it is still the disney version that people think of i feel yeah you know again setting aside the movie hook for 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 a minute because <laughs> i i do strongly believe that Hook has just as much of a um, uh, a call to mind for a lot of people as the Disney mm-hmm. version of Peter Pan does. So we will talk about Hook at the end. We will come back to Hook. We'll come back to that. Yeah, because I want to. But talk for about now, it. but for now, we're watching. We're discussing we're, about yeah. <laughs> Peter, Peter Pan. Pan. <laughs> now, I, I don't know what version you watched, but I watched the restoration version, which had the first offering of something that is is a, a beloved memory. It's the Disney blue screen with the white castle logo and the da, 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 da. oh man it was the first of these movies that I've watched of the like the of the versions I've watched that had that logo on it and that just took me back I was a little kid again watching the Disney Channel and watching all the Disney classics I grew up with opened with that logo forever it and it's it doesn't exist as the blue with the white anymore because now they do the the actual Disney castle digitally. Right, right. But uh, see, and my version had my version didn't have it. Uh, didn't open with the Disney logo. Uh, it had the new modern uh, 3D castle logo at the end after the oh, credits are okay. done. Um, but mm. it 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 just opened with the RKO uh, title card. Oh, okay. Cool. Does yours? Did we yours have that? Different versions. I, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it it did it did the Disney logo and then the RKO. Okay. Version, the actual movie began with the RKO uh, logo and and credits and whatnot. Because that is something that we have not br- brought up, and I, this is some of the random miscellaneous trivia stuff that you know I don't really need to necessarily bring up unless it's important. But um, for those mm. of you who maybe aren't aware, we'll, we'll kind of recap. Basically, Disney had a release, uh, like had a contract and a deal with RKO Pictures. Now, RKO, probably better known for is the studio that released King Kong, like the original King Kong, way mm, back no in the day. Eh? Yeah. So like way back in the 30s. And it's and it's the, uh, you know, it's the planet with like the radio antenna and like the waves coming up. That's the RKO, RKO logo. <laughs> Um, I believe <laughs> so. Disney originally, like this, is pre uh, Buena Vista. This is before Disney technically released films themselves. It they were mm-hmm, all RKO mm-hmm. productions, or they were all RKO released, and then it was a Disney production, you know, quote unquote. Um, but a lot of these films for like the VHS and the DVD releases in the eighties and the and the early nineties, a lot of the cu- these films cut the RKO out. Because oh. RKO went under, I think in like the mid '60s, <laughs> something like that. Like they 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 went under, 50. and Disney then obviously owns the rights to their own movies, and they just cut the mm-hmm. RKO out. It wasn't until these films started coming out on like Blu-ray, I think, like during the remasters, that they actually brought back the RKO title cards. Right, right, right. So, they started doing the the full restorations, right. putting putting everything back in. Yeah. And I believe this is the last one that uh, uh, that RKO was a part of. This was the last full-length uh, Disney animated film distributed by RKO. Um, after this, it was strictly then uh, Buena Vista is who releases well, all the, the Disney films. This, so. that's, uh, that's not entirely surprising because Peter Pan was a massive success. They, yeah. they finally had another hit, hit <laughs> on their hands. Uh, it's It's... We've we've discussed this in watching these dozen plus films now that that a lot of these movies were flops or yeah. just had such low budgets because of the war and really the only the only financial successes they've had up to this point have been uh, Dumbo because it was so cheap to make. Yep. Cinderella was a was was a huge success because of its popularity and just coming people were just ready for better than what they were offering before. And now this was a success too off of the more or less failure of, well, not more or less, the <laughs> failures of Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I will say this about this movie. It's friggin' beautiful. The animation mm. is so crisp. It's so clean. And it like, there was a, there was a moment during the opening scene when like, 
I'm watching it and they're inside the bedroom and I'm like the the background drawings that the 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 background of the bedroom itself just looked fantastic. Mm. It almost my first thought was like that almost looks 3D. Like it almost looks like it's a model, <laughs> like not even a, like not a painting, but just like a physical like not even a physical thing. It looked like a 3D model and I'm like, "Oh, Oh, that's right. No, it's all hand drawn. This is well before that, Jeff. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. It didn't. It didn't take me that long to remember that. I, I'm not a total idiot. Everybody listening, right? It was all that was all in tier in internal monologue that that played out in mere seconds. Jeff. Exactly. I know exactly what you're talking. About. <laughs> but like the movie is beautiful, and it's. But I, I will say, I will say this. So I. So here's why I, I said a great compliment about the film. This movie's really dark. Did you notice oh, that? Yeah, yeah. Like let's like the, thematically the dark. dark. Yes, yes. <laughs> but that that is not exactly crazy because uh, Peter Pan in itself is dark. There in the actual version of Peter Pan, the 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 J M Barry go back to the source. Mm-hmm. Peter murders people. Like he, the Lost Boys. Like Peter Pan's the only guy who can't grow up. The Lost Boys grow up, and if they get too old, doesn't he, he kill kills them? them. He, yeah, that's what I yeah, thought. <laughs> he, he weeds out the ranks. But uh, this movie itself, like the the introduction of Captain Hook, he kills a guy <laughs> <laughs> immediately, shoots him, point like just like yeah. up in the crow's nest, right? Like the one playing the uh, uh, the accordion type thing. Um, the accordion, yeah. Oh, Captain, you can't murder a guy in the middle of his song. <laughs> <laughs> But like I just I couldn't I couldn't believe like I'm watching this movie and 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 again like I know the story of Peter Pan as we mentioned previously I remember the uh like the 1960s uh ver- like taped version of a uh, the play performance of Peter and the Pan right right um, Mary Mary Martin Mary Martin I think was yeah like I remember that that's the version I grew up on for Peter and the Pan and I know I like I know the story but I'm watching this and just like in the first like 15 minutes once like Tinkerbell shows up in the house I'm sorry, but Tinkerbell is evil. <laughs> I didn't know Tinkerbell was a bad guy. And she's a bad guy in this movie. She's almost worse than Hook. <laughs> yeah, that that's um see that now there's some criticism from people that uh, like that uh, found Peter himself unlikable that Walt himself was despite the success of the film was disappointed in how unlikable Peter is. Mm-hmm. However, the true literary scholars of Peter Pan, going back to Jan Barry's original source material, appreciated that because Peter is a psychopath. He's a sociopath. A sociopath. Is what he really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, which is an interesting decision, like to to make a character because you and I think a lot of the like the general population when you think of Peter Pan, you're going to be like, oh, Peter Pan. Well, yeah, he's a good. You know, he's he's a guy. He's a kid that never wants to grow up. And yeah, maybe that's like. Some like there's some issues with a with a person who never actually wants to grow up and just wants to stay a kid forever. Mm-hmm. But you're like, oh, but he's got the the mind of a child and he's playful and he's okay. He's not going to hurt anybody. But like, it's <laughs> so weird to be like, well, no, this guy's kind of a psycho. He's a little crazy, just a little, just a little yeah, bit. That, and it's not that this the cartoon the this movie that we're we're actually discussing plays everything rather cartoonishly right but the the subtext and the content is still there that paint a very dark picture of of neverland and and i and i want to mention the darkness of neverland later in the cast as well when we get to our comments section mm-hmm. and and when we discuss hook as well but the, the i was always struck by the fact that jm barry Jay and Jay and Barry is James. Like he named the villain Captain Hook after himself, not the hero. And oh, that's I was, right. Even very young, I read Peter Pan probably in elementary school when I was like twelve, and that struck me as interesting. That like, wow, the author of this book named the villain after himself, not the hero. Right. Which then begs the question: Is Captain Hook a tragic figure? <laughs> because <laughs> is he just has he just been driven mad by the tauntings of this little pixie bastard? <laughs> You know what? I wouldn't be completely surprised. I feel like Hook is actually the good guy on the side of it. It's like we should be siding with him. I mean, I don't know. It's so it's one of the like one of the biggest things. Did they ever explain like why Hook was going after Peter except for the fact that Peter helped the well, it was because it was it because of Peter that the crocodile bit off Hook's hand? Was that the reason? Like 
Was that the Peter, reason Hook Peter met? cut off? Peter cut off Hook's hand and threw Fed it to it? the crocodile. Okay, okay. Yeah. I could never remember that detail for some reason. So, okay. So, really, I do think Hook is a tragic uh, is a tragic character. I don't think Hook's a villain. <laughs> I think Hook's a good guy in this in this case. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I I think Captain Hook is one of the all time greats of Disney quote unquote villains. Oh yeah. The animation of him, the way he moves, the way he's so theatrical. There's a, for anyone who might be currently watching the Netflix Lemony Snicket series of unfortunate events, or if you've ever read the, that book series or even seen the Jim Carrey version, there is a lot of theatricality of count Olaf that I feel is reminiscent of this version of captain hook. This right. Very dramatic and over the top. Very. I, <laughs> I, I really enjoy, Enjoy the movement of him, the design of him, and and I'm not alone in this because when we get to Princess and the Frog, Doctor Facilier was designed after the Captain Hook model, which is so. it's it's cool to see, and and at the same time it's 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 interesting because like we have. We've obviously already uh, seen villains in these in these in these films, and Hook is so very different than any villain we've previously come uh, or have previously encountered like you look at uh, uh cinderella's stepmother she's a very straight-laced very calm very normal villain um mm-hmm. just like kind of feels like she oozes evilness uh mm-hmm. and like but then you get like hook yeah exactly <laughs> and then you get hook and hooks bouncing around and jumping around hook is almost he almost has the 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 uh, the hyperness of like a, a sidekick, you know, like like he's <laughs> he he almost feels like he's got the energy of like Iago from Aladdin, and you know, wh- whereas like Cinderella's stepmother is more like Jafar, like you know, for people of the modern age who may know that better yes, yes, as yes, a, yes, as yeah. a comparison, <laughs> like you have the very straight normal villain, and then you have the goofy sidekick villain, and Hook almost comes off as like a sidekick villain, but still very good. You know, and very, very awesome in his own right, because obviously then he has the goofy drunk Shmi. <laughs> and boy, is Shmi yes, a drunk. It, it, Shmi is, where I say Captain Hook is one of the great villains that we've seen so far, and, and I, I will keep him up high on this list as one of the greats. Shmi, 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 whatever, <laughs> is one of the all-time greatest uh, villain henchmen, one yeah. of the great sidekick characters to a villain because he's so endearing in his like doting over Captain Hook and the voice acting done by the it's the same actor who did the the uh, White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland in our previous film yep. and he's just he's a cute bumbling sidekick who has no venom in him like whereas captain hook eh, captain hook murdered a guy and he's kidnapping a little girl and he's he's trying to blow an adult but captain hook is insane shmi is just shmi yeah is just like eh, well i'm i'm going along with this i'm a part of this he doesn't he hasn't killed me yet so that's got to be a good sign so uh But, I love you, Captain Hook. <laughs> Shmee! I uh, just would yell at him. Oh, it's so good. But it, it's a great Shmee! dynamic. <laughs> and it was fun. Like, I enjoy... I actually found myself looking forward to any time Hook was going to be on screen. Like, I, I wanted I to just watch that. Captain Hook. Like, I, I got to the point mm-hmm. about halfway through the film where I'm like, I don't care about Peter Pan or The Lost Boys. or I don't care. I wanted to see Hook. Just show me Hook. Well, just, I want more of him. It's It's... It's not just that he and Smee and the pirates are well, not necessarily the pirates, but he, him in particular with Smee are the more the most interesting characters in the movie. They have the most personality. They are also the plot because the the premise of this film is Wendy, John, and Michael are just three kids, and they they have fa- flights of fancy, no pun intended. Yeah. Peter Pan <laughs> shows up to rescue his shadow meets Wendy and flies them off, selfishly wants her as his mother and flies them off to Neverland, shows them around the island. Wendy's like, this was a fun trip, time to go home. And they get kidnapped, they get saved, they go back. Right. It's a it's a relatively simple plot, but it's, it's really close to the source material in terms of its plot. Uh, it's not, it's one of the only uh, interpretations of the source material that does not use the dialogue from J.M. Barry himself that this is a, though the, the premise is all from the play, 
none of the dialogue is, except the occasional lines such as, all this happened before and it'll happen again. Which is such a strange, like, I mean, I, I guess it doesn't, it's not actually that strange since Disney hasn't really um, stuck super close to the source material for many of these film adaptations and they still don't, you know, even going up until, you know, 20, 20 years ago or so there, there still is always like a, uh, it's a variation of this story. Um, right, right. It's, you know, and it's kind of, it's, it's almost like a kid friendlier quote unquote version of the story. And, uh, mm-hmm. this, but it, it, this yeah, it feels so. more like the play, the, the pantomime, what you see, Maggie, uh, the little girl playing at the beginning of Hook, she's doing the play that popularized Peter Pan in the 1800s. Uh, that this is the source material for this film, and the movie plays out cuter than it would when you, if you don't look at the subtext of the murder and the kidnapping and the blatant <laughs> racism of the Indian Native American people, which we will get to this. Yes, I'll say thank you for bringing that up because um, I, I actually. There was this, and this is gonna sound bad, and I don't mean it bad, but it's like I actually got a little excited because I went, "Oh my goodness, there hasn't been any blatantly racist crap in any of these films for like the last couple of movies." <laughs> wow, this just came out of nowhere. I thought we got past that point after like the early forties, nope, but nope. apparently not. They, apparently, they, it was still just a little bit more there. Yeah, this. Uh, I guess we can discuss that the the Aboriginals, which Michael, not Michael, uh, John, who's the the intellectual of the group, he actually refers to them. More more than the others in an in intelligent matter. But boy, is this just – there is no excuse no. for th- what turned the red man red and how the Indians talk and how they look. These are just gross, gross stereotypes it's, it's of the all, Native American people. Right, because they're, they're, they're all the – like they're all the, the, the very – very stereotypical cliche like 1950s version of native americans you know they were all mm-hmm, like anytime mm-hmm. you ever saw you know it's the whole cowboys and indians and it was you know it's always how white man and you know big feather headdresses and standing there and very like like tonto like for the lone ranger and just that how? yeah just <laughs> oh it's all the crap that's like no no stop it bad 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 hollywood 1950s Oh, how dare yeah, you! <laughs> it, 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 oddly, Tiger Lily, who's the only one who who has a name, yeah. is the least of, offensive Native American character in this. The, the, <laughs> of all the Indians, I'm throwing quotes on that. Of all the Indian Indians, <laughs> she's the least offensive one. She has no lines of dialogue. <laughs> So according to according to Disney, the only way that we can make sure that these characters are not racist is we don't let them talk. That's yeah, where I'm gosh, getting even. At. There, there were even animators involved in later years who would look back at that and go, "There's, th- it was incorrect for us to do that." And uh, there's a, I found an interview from someone from the '70s who said, "Even if we made it right now, there's no way we would do it that way mm-hmm. ever again." Uh, didn't didn't stop the most recent version of Pan of ca- from casting Rooney Mara as. Tiger Lily, but uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, no one knows how to learn from mistakes of history. <laughs> nope, no, and that's the thing. You know, I don't think I don't think we're we're not very good at learning from mistakes. So <laughs> that wouldn't be that wouldn't that would just not fit with our oh, with the history of how we do things. So <laughs> yeah, guess, we don't learn. But, uh, but let let's let's discuss Peter Pan himself, the <laughs> quote unquote hero of this of this story. And though I, though there is a a puckishness to him, I mean he is his name is Pan. He is clearly in his original intention, a reference to Greek, uh, Greek mythology, and even the character of Hermes from Greek mythology, and, and the playfulness of of that type of character is there. However, he's still kind of a jerk. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and it's like because in okay, I, I've been trying to figure out like a way to like put to words what I'm thinking when it comes to Pan. And Mm -hmm. I keep coming back to the fact that because he's a child, he has a lot or, you know, he, he can't grow up. He has a lot of that childlike mentality to him. The whole, you know, that, 
it's almost like he doesn't realize that he comes off as a jerk because he hasn't grown up and learn, you know, and 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 has gained the 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 mental capacity to know that what he's doing mm-hmm. is bad, you know. Yeah, yeah. he he does he yell at Tink, mother, right? Who, who who's never taught him right from wrong, um, and so in his eye, everybody's just playing around. It's fun. It's all just having fun, uh, even though he does scold uh, Tinkerbell when he finds out that she tried killing Wendy. Like for a second time, uh, but and it, but it's just like I but but it's the it's the extreme because he's like I ban like he was gonna banish Tinkerbell flat out forever, forever. But then Wendy's you, like, you oh, you would, can't do that. You, <laughs> like, what did she just try killing you? <laughs> do you think she that uh, Peter even would have honestly remembered that he had banished her because he's very absent minded, which is. From the source material, once again, even when in the original book, when he's flying Wendy, Michael, and John to Neverland, there are moments he forgets who they are and where they're going, and Wendy has to remind him. So the for, even though he banished her, you're banished forever. A week later, he would have been like, "Oh, where's Tinkerbell? Yeah, I didn't. I, come on, I didn't banish you. Get, come on, let's let's do let's go on an adventure, right?" And I mean, he he forgets Wendy when he goes to introduce her to the mermaids because they're like, "Oh, Peter, 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 tell us a story." Oh, you want me? To, want me to tell you an epic story about I took Captain Hook's hand? Uh, Peter, don't forget about me. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Wendy, come come on over. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the way he, and speaking about like him saying like you want me to tell that story, like the way he delivers it, it sounds like. Like, oh, yeah, this is a story you've never heard before. Let me tell you this story. And then the mermaids are all like, oh, yes, that's my favorite one. And so that just continues to aid to the fact that I wonder if he he actually doesn't remember, you know, that he he has almost this weird short-term memory to himself. And maybe that's, oh, oh, OTC, we're cracking something. Because he has a oh. short-term memory, is that mm-hmm. why he's never grown up? Because he continues to forget to grow up? Oh, there's that is a very fair assumption. Would that make sense? I know, you know, okay, yeah, your body's still going to grow up. This is the the, <laughs> the the man can fly, okay? We're just logic is out the window at this point. Also, <laughs> yeah, the, the darlings he, have a dog as their nanny. <laughs> now Nana does a great hey, job, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> she's a wonderful nanny. Um, but still, but to to go to the first line in the book, which is also the first line in the movie, which is that all this has happened before and will happen again, it's the timelessness of Neverland as well as the ability to travel through time that Peter has. Uh the reason that there are aboriginal Indians on the the Native American Indians on in Neverland, as well as pirates, which are from different eras, mm-hmm. is because Neverland itself is outside of time. It's this pocket dimension. And I'm, I know that sounds silly to analyze it from sense of, such a science fiction point of view, but that's, that's a fact. The, the island itself is ageless and right. out of time. And uh, Mr. Darling himself says at the end, that he he may I think I recognize I feel like I've seen that ship somewhere before, which in terms of this movie could imply that Mister Darling once upon a time went on an adventure with Peter. Right. Whereas in, in some line, other iterations, <laughs> that line blew my mind. I was like, <laughs> "What? He's a lost boy? Really? Yeah, yeah." And there there are other iterations of Peter the Peter Pan mythology where it's Mrs. Darling who ha- who once upon a time went on an adventure with with Peter. In the book it's described that she has a secret smile on the corner of her lips that she that that she keeps only for herself. It's a secret uh, a secret smile that Wendy sees in her and Wendy realizes that that secret smile by the end of her adventure is the memory of Peter Pan that Mrs. Darling at once upon a time went on an adventure with Peter, much like Wendy did, which much like Wendy's daughter eventually does mm-hmm. in sequels to Peter Pan, which is so <laughs> it's it's an interesting world. Like Peter Pan's an interesting world because the the like you said the the. Wendy and all them they're not the plot at least for the at least for the the film they're not the plot and it's such yeah. a interesting concept that we're we're introduced to this character that we know nothing about for the fact that he just lives in this in this island you know with other people and no one ages and he can fly and there's magic but there's like it just feels very 
I don't even know. It's it's different. It's not a story that I, I feel like you would come across nowadays. But maybe it's because it was made in the you know what like late eighteen hundreds by uh, yeah, Barry. I uh, yeah. I, th- I wonder if it's because there's it's it's not a loose structure like Alice in Wonderland had, which was really just one thing after another. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there there is a an, a story, a beginning, middle, and end to Peter Pan. It's just it's it's not very urgent. There's not a lot of urgency in in the story, so therefore it feels like less of a story. Um, but I, I think that when you look at the subtext of growing up and and uh, ex- and taking flights of fancy, pun intended that time, <laughs> and using your <laughs> imagination and, and knowing when to stop using your imagination, uh, and there's a lot of there's a lot of jerks in this. Peter's a jerk. Uh, Captain Hook is insane. Mr. Darling is an a-hole. <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, and I love that his threat to Wendy was, you're getting your own room now. Like, that's the threat. <laughs> and I went, oh, wow, boy, the uh, the 1800s, early 1900s were a very different world when the threat to a to a young adult was, you're getting your own room and not, not well, you sleep may- with your, ch- your siblings. <laughs> Perhaps that is less of the 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 literal. You're getting a room. That's the threat. The threat is the you have to grow up now. You mm-hmm. are done being a child. You are moving out of the child's room. You are gonna stop being a kid. It's time to grow up. And that, who wants to really do that? I don't want to grow up. I want to be a kid forever. I want to be a Toys R Us kid. Continue the adventures. <laughs> I will always be a Toys R Us kid. Mm. Uh, uh, but in the beginning, there, Mister Darling is such a—he's just fuming, <laughs> bo- booming voice, and flipping out on his kids. And what? And then, then when he comes home, he's like, "Oh, come on, honey, you know that I never really mean those things." He's such a <laughs> such a hothead. <laughs> and, but oh, but and he's oh, just—I can't help but talk about like the technical aspects of it because the, the, it's such a beautiful movie, and he's animated so well, and he comes across as such oh, a great yeah. as and it's it's so interesting because because. Now I, I do know that they that it was purposeful that the models of Captain Hook and Mister Darling are similar. Yes, so it's that uh, sticks with the the tradition of Mister Darling and Captain Hook being always played by the same actor in every stage production, and even in the movies. Uh, there was the early two thousands pan that came out. Um, Jason Isaacs, who played Lucius Malfoy, mm-hmm. he plays Mister Darling slash Captain Hook in that movie. Which just goes to the 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 story putting the perspective into Wendy and the boys' per- point of view, like they're they're the point of view characters. So the villainous Captain Hook, who represents evil, is the reimagination of the villainous father in their lives, right? Who threatens them with growing up, like and that's. that's- that makes makes sense. It seemed to be such a, like a common thread for a lot of stories back then. Like, I mean, you look at Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz did the exact same thing. Well, I mean, I know that was the movie more than anything that did it, mm-hmm. but but even the movie took that took a, a note from that where it's like the you know there is the equivalent of these characters in Dorothy's lives in Oz, um, you know, and there you know the Mrs. Gulch taking Toto away ultimately is the Wicked Witch. Like that little mm-hmm. just. Mm-hmm. That that and that's such a common thing nowadays. Like I feel like so much stuff has done it um, when they want to. Like and it's 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 more of a reference, unfortunately, to the Wizard of Oz than it is a reference to Peter Pan because it was more of right, a, but, a side thing for Peter Pan. But well, not necessarily because it has been a standard that Peter Pan always uses Captain Hook and Mister Darling as the same person. Mm-hmm. It's it, that's from the very beginning of the inception of the of the pantomime or the the, the stage play. Uh, but you're right; there are other traditions of using the father figure as the villain. Later, uh, another example I can think of is Jumanji, the hunter that hunts. Young, well, Rob Williams <laughs> is played <laughs> hmm. by the same act, the same actor. Uh, I think it's F. Murray Abraham plays the hunter as well as Rob Williams's father as a young boy. That's right. That's right. And it's it's yeah. and, and it all goes back to that same concept of just yeah, the whole over demanding father figure is the villain to the child in the story. You know, from their perspective, like you said, their perspective is that the father is the bad guy, which. <laughs> 
Not always true, but uh, you know, <laughs> not always true. But yeah, from right. a child's point of view, but but let's let's go back to talking about the animation itself because you are right. There is there is some beautiful animation in this. the The modeling of all the characters is great. There's mm-hmm. not as serious of a division between the more quote more animated characters versus the more realistic characters. There's more of a a a, a standard that crosses over all the characters. Yes, Smee is much more goofy in appearance and the lost boys have more caricatures to them right but it's more consistent between all the characters right because it's um, it's not even like that the goofiness comes out once they hit the neverland like like mr darling is very very over the top and very you know animated doing that (laughs) riding the wagon around right right but then then you get mrs make yeah nana the anthem the anthropomorphic dog, the one that basically acts like a human except doesn't speak. Um, like, sh- sh- that's a girl dog, right? Is that assumed? Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but like, like she's very, very animated as well. But then you get Mrs. Darling, and even to some extent, Wendy, John, and Michael come off as a little bit more of the normal, but still have mm-hmm. some animate like animatedness to them. Uh, mm-hmm. But obviously yeah. not nearly as much That's, as the cartooniness that is of Hook and Shmi. <laughs> right. I, I love the animation work on Peter because they they gave the animator whoever was the lead animator specifically on Peter did an incredible job of animating his weightlessness and his in his flights and how mm-hmm. he he moved. I can ima- cannot imagine it was an easy task to have to animate a character who rarely touches the ground. Right. To give him such. Such a such movement. He moves like a feather in the wind. It's so so great. And <laughs> and my my love for Peter Pan goes to the simple fact that the, he can fly. I have been a, a obsessed with the ability to fly since I was a wee little lad. <laughs> I, I love Peter Pan for that aspect of being able to just take off and fly on a happy thought. And uh, that's probably where my love of Superman roots in as well. The the ability to just take off and soar in the sky oh man see and mine went from like peter pan but i was a huge magic nerd as a kid like not magic Mm -hmm. gathering but like practical like actual like illusions illusions michael (laughs) um but like (laughs) like i i love like i watched i I was obsessed with houdini i loved david copperfield as a child uh i loved Mm -hmm. lance burton as a child and like i would i watched those and when when david one of david copperfield specials from the I think it was like early 90s, like 92, 93, was a whole flying ordeal. He did this whole uh, flying illusion, um, you know, where he got inside of a box and was still flying around inside of this solid plexiglass box. (laughs) You know, and like like it it came to like this, like there was a, I used to subscribe to Magic magic Magazines that would offer up tricks in the back room that you could send away. And for, for, I am totally a nerd, but one of them was like a, a trick for like four hundred dollars that was it would allow you to levitate. That was the whole oh. part of the trick. I never bought it as a kid, but I always wanted to because I'm in that same boat. I love the idea of being able to fly, mm-hmm. and while you know you went from Peter Pan to Superman, I went from Peter Pan to Magic. Because I was trying to actually find a way to do it, <laughs> like that was. <laughs> I, uh, I'm I'm being hypocritical because I I had like magic books and did card tricks when I was little, so I I was oh. digging on magic as well oh, as a kid. I, but <laughs> I I see how it is, TC. I see how it is. I see. Yeah, you, just, yeah. you sit over there and you make fun I'm of me. A, and you turn around. <laughs> My whole life's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> we have hit some good ground on today's episode of Deeper Feelings yeah, with yeah. TC and Jeff, and we'll be back <laughs> next week for more. Uh, <laughs> so TC, I do have a quick question for you, um, a yeah. legitimate question about this. I want to know because because we we've already discussed about like how how tonally or thematically dark this film is. Do you think mm-hmm. so far? And we've had we've hit some dark topics, but do you think this is actually like the darkest Disney movie we've watched in the list up to this point? Mm, uh, I know no, a lot of goofiness no, happens, I, but I mean, there's there's a lot of talk of killing people. There's a ton of like jealousy, yeah. <laughs> like there's a ton of jealousy uh, from Tinkerbell and even the mermaids um, towards mm. Wendy because it, they all see Wendy as a threat to to them apparently because she's going right. to take she, Peter uh, away. She, and 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 she's wearing a nightgown. What what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> she's such a prude. I mean, Tinkerbell's wearing like the tiniest 
dress skirt in the world and the mermaids are topless um <laughs> but then there's like there's no, a ton of there's a ton of smoking and drinking there's a lot of insensitivity towards uh like other races there's a lot of mistreatment of women there's a betrayal mm-hmm. uh of um uh oh there, oh like tinkerbell goes to hook to like mm-hmm. rat out Peter Pan because that's well she's she is kidnapped to be fair <laughs> yes but then she's willingly giving like she could have she could have given him the wrong directions and let him into the middle of hey, somewhere she else. was selfishly trying to get rid of Wendy that was her motivation she had no she even made him promise not to hurt not to lay a hand on Peter which he did keep his promise but to to answer or your question hook. of if is <laughs> if, if, if this is the darkest I think subtextually, I think as adults, we're able to look at and see way more of the inherent darkness in a lot of the the themes and, and ideas and actions within this film. However, when you look at Peter, um, not Peter, Pinocchio, when you look at, uh, well, yeah, Pinocchio in particular, I think had some very visually creepy, darker imagery that right. no kid would have a problem realizing what the heck they were looking at. And, of course, there's Bald Mountain from Fan, uh, Femme Fantasia, which is very blatantly dark and demonic. And I, though I do agree that there is much more darkness in Peter Pan, I don't think is it is as apparent to a child as it is to us right now. And I suppose the audience of a child is the more important uh, uh, audience to pay attention to you do bring up a good point that as an adult we're going to look at it because that's all i saw and that's the thing i I don't remember any of that from this movie when i watched it when i was younger like none of that came across but as an adult i'm just like oh my god what are they doing what what oh my they're endangering (laughs) children at this point what is happening like oh (laughs) oh my goodness the last time you watched this movie I was, uh, last time I watched Peter Pan would have been probably when I was like five or six. Okay. So it's, Honestly. you, you came into this with a very fresh, fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. I, again, like I know the story. The last time I seen this version, I had, again, I had watched that, that play version a handful of times, mm-hmm. maybe up until like fifth grade, sixth grade, maybe, but like still, I was still a kid. I, 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 and I didn't look at it from the eyes of an adult. I have not watched Peter Pan as an adult. I've watched Hook yeah. as an adult, but I haven't watched Peter Pan as an adult. <laughs> hmm. Well, I, I'm curious then. Where, like, how did you feel overall about this? I, I, I have some other notes that we can address in in further conversation, but it might be worth jumping in right now and asking you of of the movies we've watched. Ah, so I knew where you were going. I don't know why I groaned. I knew exactly where that was heading. So. Yeah, I, was, I, I didn't try to sneak it in this time, and, and I beat you to the punch. But uh, we can certainly keep talking about uh, the movie. But I'm I'm curious now, where do you place this in the movies we've watched? Have you given it some thought yet? I have. Um, it's from just. From uh, let's okay. From a technical standpoint, <laughs> words are hard. From a technical standpoint, I love how it looks. It's a fantastic. It's a beautiful, well done, very clean and very polished film. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the simplicity of the story. It does hurt a little bit though because I almost feel like the story. Oh, no, it's not. It's not too simple. I'll take the, I'll I'll take that back. It's not too simple. I like the story for what it is. I like the 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 adventure that we go on to. The biggest problem that I have is just I can't help but look at all of the things I just brought up for the darkness, <laughs> and it, it it almost pulls it back a little bit for me. I'm just like, oh, that's just. It's not awkward, but I'm like, it's oh, it's too much. Like, why, why, why was the, no, no, that shouldn't be like that. Ah, and cranky it, old man. I know, right? And it it ruins it a little bit. Again, I love Hook as a character. I love, I love Shmi. I can't get behind Peter or Tinkerbell. I I just I feel mm-hmm. like the good guys in the movie are in to me the good guys in the movie are worse than the bad guys. <laughs> in a lot of in because, a lot of instances, yeah, yeah, there is a there's selfishness in right. in a lot of the actions of Peter and a lot of and Tinkerbell herself, uh, though she's she's kind of redeemed in the end because she's realized her mistake. But in the long run, she only cares about Peter, which is interestingly enough something that they used and explored in Hook with Julia Roberts confessing her love for Peter, mm-hmm. which. 
<laughs> there's there's certainly is enough information there to believe that for how much she dislikes this other girl showing up. Right. To, that was like the first thing that I got when like in the first scene when she shows up in the in the bedroom and the way that she's acting towards Wendy, I'm like, oh well Tinkerbell's got a thing for Peter then obviously. Like that mm-hmm. that makes sense because it is the look of a jealous girlfriend that does not want yeah. her boyfriend, whether or not they're actually dating, but does not want him being around anybody else but her. Like you can kind of get that out of Tinkerbell. Um, but having said yeah, all of that stuff, it is still in my book, it is still better than Alice in Wonderland. So mm-hmm. for me, it's number two on our list. All right. It's my number two as well. We still oh. have the same order. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I just, despite I, Cinderella is still better. So <laughs> yeah, d- despite what is this classic simplicity of Cinderella, um, I don't. I don't think that's a knock on Cinderella. I think mm. that it's just. It's. It's such a standard of fairy tales now. Um, but Cinderella is a is a more beautifully drawn movie. It's a, a more thought out film. The the music is a bit more memorable, and there's there's more to Cinderella. Peter Pan has some great stuff in it. The animation is so great. The, yeah. the character designs are so great. It is. It, it is more coherent and uh, has more of a structure than Alice in Wonderland, which is why, like you, I'm putting it at my number two. Um, but there, there are some really fun moments throughout this. I, I, the gag that kind of cracked me up really, I think, the most was Shmi shaving Captain Hook, shaving the bird's butt, <laughs> losing the head, and then, oh, I found, I found it over here, Captain. I'm going to get it right to you. And he tries to pick up. Like there's a, that whole sequence is a farce of wonderful comedy that, that really cracked me up just sitting here watching it. <laughs> See, my favorite moment from the movie, since you brought up yours, is when uh, Hook gets uh, shot across the water and he's yelling <laughs> and he's skipping uh, across uh, the surface. Uh, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> I lost it for that. I went, that's brilliant. I love that so much. <laughs> because it was just the right scream, <laughs> like the pitch of his scream and the fact that it was skipping mm-hmm. with him was just so, <laughs> oh, I loved it so much. Oh, I like yeah, it. I, and like that, that moment to me, that also helped when it came to the ranking of it, that moment helped definitely bring it up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like, cause otherwise it probably, it was, it was a close to a three, but uh, Alice in Wonderland is still too crazy for me to completely enjoy it. Uh, at least Peter Pan is mm-hmm. a little more tolerable and less ridiculous and <laughs> well, all over the place. Let me, let me ask then, let me ask then that, uh, and something we've, we've asked in our previous episodes is, is this appropriate for kids? Is this a movie that you would stick your nieces down in front of and say, hey, watch Peter Pan, enjoy it? This one I would because I don't – despite the stuff that I pointed out, I know for a fact, like what you said, my nieces aren't going to see any of that. You know, mm-hmm. They're not going to get it. I know that they've watched uh, – actually, Tinkerbell has a TV show or had a TV show for a oh, while. Oh, yeah. She she has yeah. Uh, quite a few straight-to-DVD movies as well. <laughs> right. And like I, I, know, I know my nieces have already watched – those actually so but like but I think this tells me they thing. have they've retroactively made Tinkerbell a nicer character yes. in the sequels and whatnot uh, but no I, I'm gonna agree with you that I, I think that this is something I would I think kids could enjoy um, it might really I think this might be more appealing to little boys who are are, are typical little boys but there's enough fun and adventure in here for any any little kid who might have it. The only thing that I would uh, want to figure out how to sh- present is the Indian section because that really is inappropriate. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and <laughs> especially just, in a world today where, where where you know my nieces my nieces actually yelled at me because I said that I was going to sit down on the floor Indian style. And oh, because, it's crisscross applesauce. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, my nieces, my nieces who are six and nine will be seven and ten this year yelled at me for calling it Indian style. It's crisscross applesauce, <laughs> Uncle Jeff. And I was like, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. And then I, I obviously – I didn't mean to be insensitive, but that was just that's from the era that we're from. Like it was still called Indian style. Mm-hmm. You sat on the floor Indian style and it wasn't really yeah, like yeah. until like the the mid nineties for at least for where I'm from that the whole like uh uh-uh, uh no 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 remember it's Native Americans, it's not Indians, we don't call them like like there was a real big push to get that to be like to fix our um our uh, vocabulary or our uh, uh mm-hmm, vernacular. Mm-hmm. The lex the lexicon. The lexicon. Yeah. Yep, yep. 
but uh but yeah at the yeah it, my 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 nieces would <laughs> i think my nieces would still definitely enjoy this movie but this but peter pan does follow that that same pattern as we previously discussed where it kind of alternates back and forth uh the the target audience for the film seems to be like well this one's more towards the girls but there's still stuff that the boys are gonna like this one's more towards the boys but there's still stuff the girls are gonna like and peter pan like yeah. you said is the towards the boys but there's still stuff the girls could enjoy yeah 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 i think i'm I'm curious to see what the listeners might have to say about about peter pan in general not not just this movie but i mean really do mean peter pan in general that uh, the the mythology of peter pan the the history of the character on stage and screen and animated and uh there's there's many iterations of this so I, i'm looking forward if you guys uh comment on the facebook page or tw- or twitter page at us um, yeah, twitter page I'm, yeah. I'm curious to hear <laughs> Hear what you guys have to say about it. I look forward um, to you I, saying that I, every week, DC. That's why I get excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to oblige there, sir. <laughs> it's the um, little things. But but I want to – do you have any tropes or or Disney mom, Disney things to mention? Because I, I want to move on to another section here. But uh, the, first the, I want to ask, is there There anything? wasn't anything uh, – there wasn't any like uh, major firsts that I saw for this one because we've already sta- we've already kind of hit a couple of them. Uh, general Disney tropes would just be, you know, the villain has a sidekick. Um, the villain does not fall to his death in this one, though he does fall a long no, distance only not. to narrowly avoid dying. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, so it was close, but it wasn't, it wasn't entirely a trope. But there wasn't a, a ton of uh, of stuff for this particular one. It kind of was just, yeah, we've we've seen some of this stuff uh, before. Yeah, but I wonder if that means, d- despite that, yes, we we are calling this the the standard of Peter Pan. I mm-hmm. wonder if not having a lot of those tropes might be why this is less of a classic than, say, like Cinderella or or some of the other movies we will see down the road, um, because I. I don't know. I don't. I don't know a large amount of people who that this is one of their favorites. Right. I, I know this is a movie that like a lot of people have seen. You know, again, it's another one of those childhood films, and it's it's good. Again, we've already discussed it. it's a great film, but but I still feel like I still think more people have probably like people from our generation have seen Hook more than they have seen Hook. Yes, Peter Pan. I mean, I Which, told my I told my sister this weekend. I was talking to her and I was like, "Yeah, we're we're, we're watching Peter Pan this weekend," and she went, "Oh, actually, I like Hook a lot better." Like that was her comment. I didn't even <laughs> like like coax her to saying that. And she's she's a couple years older than I am, but that was her first response. She's like, "No, I like Hook a lot better than Peter Pan." And let's let's yeah. talk about Hook. That uh, why. Why is that so good? I mean, there's there's so much going for it. You got Robin Williams. It's a Steven Spielberg film, and I the know. dude is a master. John Williams on the score, the the cinematography, the practical locations of Neverland, Rufio, who I've never liked. I know people are fans <laughs> of Rufio, but Rufio just came off what a, a like jerk. A, yeah, giant jerk to me. That's all I ever saw him as. But then you have Dustin Hoffman However, as Hook. Uh, <laughs> like he uh, Bob Hoskins. Yeah, and then Bob Hoskins is Shmi and it's just like you have a fantastic cast of of, okay. of actors in this film and they all do a great job at bringing to life something that is very like you can see the Disney versions of those characters in these mm-hmm. in in their portrayal, but at the same time it is still oddly kind of grounded like does if that makes any sense like there is a bit of a reality in this fantastical world um you know i mean obviously like it's like like hook being like uh you know like he's he captured the the crocodile killed it and then turned it into a clock like very ironic (laughs) but at the same time it's like oh well so he actually lived up to his fear and did like there's like a weird like grounded reality in that to see that mm-hmm. uh the story didn't end with Hook just you know forever leaving Neverland and Peter's just always a kid that uh there's kind of this dark this darkness but also this very much so of a yeah you grow up you learn you have to grow up that's and there there it is i think that's it's maybe not necessarily a grounded reality as you might be painting it to some of the listeners mm-hmm. but the fact that there is a maturity in hook and it it is the perfect sequel to every iteration of peter pan right that you could watch this 1953 animated peter pan and then watch hook and it feels like the sequel 
that uh, a lot of the a lot of the themes, if not all the themes that J. M. Barry has in the source material, are played out to uh, a fulfilling conclusion in Hook. That right. All the all the all the the metaphor and this and all the messages and all the themes they are they are played out wonderfully in 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 Spielberg's Hook. It's it's so and, good. <laughs> and it's funny, not without not, not trying to go off on a like a long talk about Hook, but like Hook started just in case anybody doesn't know, Hook started as a live action version of Peter Pan. Uh, Spielberg started making it in 1980 and had a script wow. of it at the time that was Peter Pan. It was going to be a live-action version of Peter Pan, but then other things okay. came up. He kind of lost interest and then came back around to it. And by the time he came back around to it in the late 80s, it had the script had evolved into Peter's now an adult and has to go back to Neverland to save his kids and remembers who he was, which, excuse me, a lot of that is also, that version of the script is based on notes uh, from... Uh, sorry, J.M. J.M. Barry, J.M. Barry, Barry, um, based on his notes for what a sequel to Peter Pan was going to be that he was going to write. Oh, that is incredible. That's so, so cool. <laughs> like, because like his original his original premise was like Peter Pan's going to grow up and he has to go back to Netherland. Like that was the whole point was that it was all going to be about a grown up Peter Pan. But he never wrote it. But he has the notes and the outlines from it, and some of that stuff made it its way into Hook. So you making the comment that it is it is. Uh, it is easily the spiritual sequel to every version of Peter Pan makes total sense because it kind of is the like it has elements from the original author's concept of what the sequel is going to be. That's so cool. Um, Plus, it's Robin the, Williams, no, and I can't I, go wrong with Robin Williams. <laughs> when like. uh, rest in rest in peace uh, yes. when he passed away that that night, I watched Hook. That was the that was the Robin Williams movie I watched. Um, after he passed away, I saw it in theaters. I have watched. I, I, it's been a few years since I've seen it, but I try to watch it like every two to three years. Just, just like, yep, it's time to watch Hook again. It's one of those movies where I will sit and I will watch that entire movie, and then I'll be like, I don't want to watch this for a while, not because it's bad, but because I'm like, the experience of watching it is. It's like, yep, I've seen that. I can't watch it again. Mm-hmm. Like, I want it. I want it to be fresh and new. And every time I watch it, it kind of just makes me happy and giddy and it's also a, a staple of my childhood because i watched it all the freaking time as a child so yeah <laughs> i try not to watch it all the time now <sighs> well but. if uh if there there have been many 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 iterations of the peter pan mythology but if i may plug a version oh yes um, i have a, a couple of friends that i went to college with that have since published a trilogy the that are that's the pan trilogy and what they did is they took the original source material they found every bit and piece of jm barry's notes and interviews and everything they could find on the entire mythology of peter pan and wrote a trilogy about that universe placing peter pan as the absolute and true villain of the entire series that's that's right. That I remember you telling is, me about this. <laughs> yeah, that that he is evil. That he is a bad, bad man, a bad, bad, evil entity. And uh, the 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 Pan trilogy. You can find it on Facebook the, under the Pan books. But Finnegan Murphy and Mikey Winkler are the authors, and uh, they they are they are full on novels. These things are five hundred plus pages apiece. So if you are a fan of more of more dark tales of the latter the latter books of Harry Potter or if you like the dark crystal and and more darker spins on childhood stories i highly recommend it. it's very well written and it's very interestingly done and um and a lot of fun so awesome especially because it's based it's rooted so much in in Barry's own words and the the like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast today there's in the original source material, Peter kills off the Lost Boys if they get too old. He weeds them out. That's, See, and that's that the right kind of... there, yeah, shows like he's not a good guy. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's a plug for some friends, but uh, it, it I 100% recommend it. I have read the series and it is quite good. And yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, we'll definitely uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll find the link for it and we'll put it into the uh, the fa- on the Facebook page. We'll also try to put it in the show notes for anybody who might want to go find that on the Facebook just uh, just because we can. So uh, yeah, I I remember you telling me about it and it's a it's a fantastic it's an awesome concept. I love stuff like that. Ah, oh, it's so cool. 
Like stuff like that's so cool. <laughs> now we do have to we do have to mention really quick since we already talked about Hook and we talked about other potential sequels and all that stuff. There is a there is a single official sequel to Peter Pan from Disney. Uh, I, I di- Okay. Um, yes, it was uh, uh, something in uh, Neverland. Or Return to Neverland from 2002. Return to Neverland. There yep. you go. And it was released in theaters, but it was not part of the Disney Animation Studios library. Correct. It was released under a different different company label. Because I looked it up because I'm like, oh, so is that our, – because our, I didn't know if it was one of the ones that we would we would be doing in the early 2000s uh, list of films. And unfortunately, it's not, which is why I'm like – I might, we might also talk about it right now. Uh, but so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I have never seen it, but there is a part of me that's kind of curious to go check it out. Uh, just yeah. especially like this close to seeing the, you know, seeing Peter Pan, I kind of want to see it since like the designs of the characters are the same and it's a, literally a sequel to that film without it being, yeah. uh, supposedly without it being a cheesy, stupid, like direct to DVD, <laughs> you know, bell and the Christmas story of all time or whatever those <laughs> things were, you I, know, I, I do, re- I do remember it coming out in theaters and it is. It feels lower budget, mm-hmm. um, but it does have the same. It has a similar charm that the original, that the one we just watched has, uh, though doesn't have a, doesn't have many of those darker themes that we are noticing as an adult. And it is based on Barry's own work. That Jane is the daughter of Wendy. That that is that comes from the original Peter P- Peter Pan mythology. Um, so yeah, check it out. I, if I, it was up on Netflix at least in the past six months. It might not be up there anymore, but there was a time when it was on Netflix. So maybe people check that out. Let us know if you've seen that one. Maybe let us know how that <laughs> sequel is because I've never seen that. And uh, <laughs> and then like TC said earlier, uh, yeah, let us know what you guys think about uh, this Peter Pan. And and if you want to talk about Hook, yeah. we can talk about Hook too. We we did you know I'm all for that as well. So yeah, you you can <laughs> uh, you can Twitter paid us at on Twitter at Random Bell for Jeff or at TC's Big Head for me. I do have a couple comments, but I'm going to save them for next week because I think they will be more apt. Once we've watched next week's movie. And uh, next week's in movie, of- in case those of you are wondering, is mm-hmm. 1955. Now, as I said before, we're starting to get a little bit bigger gaps between these films. So we're going to start blowing through the decades pretty dang quickly. But it's 1955's yeah. Lady and the Tramp. Lady and the Tramp. When's the last time you watched this one, Jeff? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Okay, uh-huh. I, I want you. It, you'll watch it, but uh, listeners as well. As you're watching it, uh, I referenced earlier that Captain Hook was used as a reference model for the design for Captain. Or, sorry, for Doctor Facilier from Princess and the Frog. Lady and the Tramp's artistic design, uh, particularly the matte paintings and the brushwork, mm-hmm. was used as inspiration for Tangled's design. So Ooh. pay attention to the animation techniques that are used, particularly for the backgrounds and the settings of Lady and the Tramp as you're watching it. Just a little note there. Interesting. That's a good note. I'm, I am I love Tangled. I can't help it. I love that movie. That movie is <laughs> awesome and funny, and I love the songs in it. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see Lady and the Tramp. Yeah, because I, I, I know the whole, you know, dinner spaghetti scene. Like, I know that, that trope, but mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the last time I've seen or if I even have seen Lady and the Tramp. Honestly, <laughs> okay. okay. You, so you might only know the uh, spaghetti part. So I might be. Go. I'll be sitting there waiting for it the entire movie, going, "When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen?" And then it'll turn <laughs> out to be a deleted scene, and it will never have happened, and I will freak out, and it will be the end of everything. Oh, cruel world. It is so mean if that was the truth. But so, no, TC, was there any other comments you had regarding Peter Pan? Nope. Uh, I thank thank everyone for listening and commenting on Facebook at facebook dot com slash friend. No, uh, uh, that's the other uh, podcast. DC. <laughs> top top shelf pod. Why can I not remember? That? You did it last week. You did it so good last week. I'm so. If I don't think too hard about it, I think that that, that happens. But no, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> uh, oh wait, I do. I do have one other thing to say. Yes, we. I did a bon- another bonus video for for one of our conversations, which you can find on the Facebook page. <laughs> if you're listening to this on iTunes, head over there, or you can find it at uh, on the Ghost Hats YouTube channel. It was another uh, 
after the fact conversation that Jeff and I had. <laughs> such a such a random and I don't even remember how we even got on that topic in the first place, but it was so mm-hmm. good. We discussed uh we discussed Batman v Superman and Logan and Logan. some mm-hmm. people's opinions of these films <laughs> and how so, they may not you know you know what just go find the video go find it on the Facebook page you'll mm-hmm. you'll love it TC did an amazing job editing it and animating it thank you. plus i do thoroughly love both normal and zombie jeff as well as <laughs> upper class zombie jeff that's all i'm going to say guys that's all i'm going to say there's a little teaser for those yeah, someone, of you who haven't seen it someone com- commented um i i i co- tried to comment on i think it was thomas's post on facebook and that I mentioned that after we finish recording, typically we talk for at least another half hour, and we usually remember things that we didn't say or think of about the movie we just discussed, but it's too late to bring up, so. <laughs> it happens every time. It's what we do. <laughs> but, but that's right. it for me. I, I, if Jeff, if you have anything else, otherwise, uh, we've done it again. We've done it again. We've gotten through another film. 14 movies, DC. Isn't that ridiculous? Oh, not not really when you think of how many we have left. <laughs> no, I know. We still have 42 left. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be doing this for a while, everybody. So, uh, yeah. But, no, I have nothing else for that. I look forward to the next movie, and I look forward to everybody coming back next week and listening to us ramble on about Lady and the Tramp. Uh, I made sure to say the movie title at least two or three times just in case I didn't say it at least once. Uh, I want to make sure that we're <laughs> saying it, <laughs> unlike a previous episode where I didn't say the title. But... Uh, Yeah, with that, TC, thanks for coming. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, we'll see everybody next time when I again attempt to come up with my sign-off. This is a sign-off. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's what we're going to do every time. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Slow clap. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending.